Hello and welcome to another edition of Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily. Thank you so much to all of the good eggs that have decided to join us once again. Man, we're on a roll lately when it comes to live viewers and the videos are doing more and more. So it's lovely to see the support you good eggs have bestowed upon the Wrestling Daily YouTube channel. Thank you so much. And remember, thumbs up, subscribe when you're here. But it is Wednesday. You saw SP3 and sat on Monday. You saw myself and sat for half an hour yesterday before SP3 saved the day. So here we are finally on Wednesday. Daily boys, you know what it is. SP3, how are you? I am doing well, good sir. You, you you said it before we went live. I got myself a little trim. I got it the the other day, so it's been looking a little more sharp. I was I was looking a little dusty towards the end of SummerSlam week, but it was a long, busy week, and I'm here for the third time this week. It feels like home. Like you should get me the lower third. You know, Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily with SP3 and like the fine print yeah. in the yeah, fine yeah, print. Sure. <laughs> You know, like um, I was, I was trying, <laughs> what's the band I was looking for? Oh, that'd have been a great joke if I could have thought about it. But either way, <laughs> it's left my head right now. You know, I don't know. And this Casey, oh, it's gonna piss me off. Casey anyway, and Jojo and the Sunshine Band. I'm the, the Sunshine, Sunshine Band. band. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. God damn it! Um, you are looking fresh, SB3. I do want to apologise to everybody um, for the lateness here. So that. <laughs> <laughs> the annoying story is my original laptop is playing up with its battery. I got a new one, which then did not work. So uh, I had to go back to an old laptop and setting that up. There's loads of logins and rubbish that, yeah, it's just a ball ache. So unfortunately I didn't know this until about 10 minutes before airtime. So yeah, it was difficult, but here we are. SP3 saves a day with his, I was about to say backend magic, but. Mrs. SB3 might not appreciate that. Uh, but I, I will say, um, somebody said about me losing the, uh, the... I mean, calling it a goatee, first of all, is generous gate crasher forever. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I just go full shaven. And there you I go. Couldn't, I couldn't be bothered to uh, dance around it. Uh, so I just thought, go and wet shave, get it off. Um, I don't really like doing that, though, because as I've said... I have a scar under there that I'm not fond of, but uh, everyone says I should not have the goatee, so maybe I should just no go with the scar. Maybe Leave the scar it. is the way forward. Leave it on the back on the back burner. It's yeah. it's all right. It, you look good either way, my brother. We're the the Daily Boys is looking looking fresh today. We're fresh, oh, so fresh and, and so clean. Up down Avondale just said, "Look in Alex's eyes. What do you see? Real bad with technology." <laughs> um, <laughs> What he's a not great wrong. Line. He's really not wrong, by the way. Like I, he, he's more right than he could ever imagine. Because everything in my life breaks. Everything. I'm always castrated by my loved ones about how careless I am with things. I just think I'm unlucky, SB3, if I'm honest. But what can you say? Um, moving along nicely. I like to get into the news nice and early in these videos for the titular news, because of course. That's what people click on. So we want to give them what they want, SP3. We want to give it to them early. We will get into a debate that you guys will have voted on today later on. And we'll also touch on some NXT business. But without further ado, SP3, give me some of that titular news. Yes, as you see, the titular news is all about CM Punk's AEW debut and how it 
plans shifted and changed throughout uh, the week and then on the night itself. Uh, this comes from Tony Schiavone on the What Happened When podcast, talking about the behind the scenes of everything. It was also reported from uh, PW Insider that a lot of people and Fightful Select that a lot of people didn't know for sure. They weren't told by Tony Khan or AEW that CM Punk was going to be there that night. He was always listed as a special guest uh, for the evening. So what Tony Schiavone told the basically the story on how the meetings went, he said, and I quote, we have our meetings a day before our meetings are usually on the phone now. We used to meet in person. We don't anymore. He said uh, he was then uh, contacted by Tony Schiavone, I mean, Tony Khan, excuse me, uh, later in the night after their meeting that um, I'm thinking that I'm going to have you introduce him, uh, talking about the special guest. And oh. I think that's what I'm going to do. I said I'd be honored. I said, but we need to talk about what I'm going to say because uh, what I'm going to say should be minimal. I don't need to go on some big thing. And he said, okay. So got to the building. My name was on the format. Tony Schiavone introduced his special guests. CM Punk arrived and he said that he sat down with CM Punk. He talked to him for a little bit and Tony Khan came in and we all three sat and talked and it was decided that uh, I really think rightfully so, even though I really wanted to be a part of this, it was rightfully so that uh, he would come out on his own. He Punk said, listen, and I want you to interview me. We'll do it on dynamite. I want you to hold the microphone. I don't want to jerk it out of your hands like people have done, which seems to be a nitpick of a lot of people that watch dynamite often. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I said, okay, so that apparently is going to as uh, this thing drops, it's going to air tonight, uh, me talking to uh, CM Punk in Milwaukee. So that will be what CM Punk's segment is. We're going to see something different from what we saw on a AEW Rampage, the first dance, instead of Punk in the ring on his own with the microphone, it's going to be Tony Schiavone there for him. And you know for CM Punk, I know that's going to be like a dream come true because he's an old school wrestling fan. He was a fan of like the NWA and WCW and stuff. So I know he grew up watching Tony Schiavone with like interviews with Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes. So I know it's going to be fun for him to be in there with Tony Schiavone. Man, it's, it's just, it's cool when you, uh, you kind of hear it <clears throat> laid out like that because, and I know this is always like revisionist, revisionist where we kind of say, oh, you know, I can't imagine it any other way. Right. You know what I mean? Like, um, can't imagine the shield not being the shield, even though that Chris Hero and you know, or evolution, Mark Jindrak. Like, it's, it's funny when you think about what could have been, but what was is all you can really envision. And, um, to think that there was any ideas but letting CM Punk's music hit and just letting the crowd go wild, you know, it's, it sounds foreign, right? It sounds strange. Yeah. You're like, well, you know, why would you do that? I think it was perfect that they had the crowd at fever pitch as the show went on air. Hit the music, man. Just let it happen, right? You don't need to dress it up too much. Um, so I think they all made the right call on that one, man. But it's very interesting that, you know, they're bouncing ideas back and forth right up until the day of, you know, still coming up with what's going on, even though Punk is very meticulous yeah. about things. Um, you know, on another note of that, I think Tony Schiavone has been, what a tremendous asset he's been to AEW. Um, and, you know, he, I'm, I'm sure he would have killed it, right? But... Yeah. Um, just in his general role as announcer and, you know, like mentor to many people there, Britt Baker, obviously we all know he's a heavy influence there. Absolutely. I just think he's been a, 
a remarkable pickup. And it's one of those that I wasn't even really thinking about. You just thought that Tony was done kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah. here it is. And um, I think it's worked out great. Uh, very interested to see what Punk says to him or what direction they go in tonight on Dynamite. Because obviously there was teased a little bit. Are they going to, you know, they haven't got a lot of time is what I'm saying. Have to kind of get into that Darby Allen story, whatever that may be. You, what have they got? Two episodes of Dynamite? I think it is. Two episodes of Dynamite, two uh, Rampage. It should also be noted, uh, he did talk about uh, one of the only things, because, you know, AEW uh, stars are not scripted as heavily as they would be in WWE. Yeah. You're kind of given, like, bullet points. But with CM Punk, he wasn't even really given bullet points. He was just told that the only thing that... Yeah, the only thing they really wanted him to do was to set up the match with Darby Allen. They didn't know what he was going to say. And I think that he set it up perfectly with talking about all the stunts that Darby Allen has done, you know, jumping out of an airplane, getting thrown down the steps, being in a body bag and thrown on the stage. And he was like, for all the things you've done, there's nothing more dangerous than versus CM Punk. The only thing more dangerous is facing CM Punk in Chicago. I thought that was a great line. And I was like, yes, this is what I want. I talked. I talked to Sad about it on Monday. I was like, I felt I felt vindicated that I was I was like the the punk Darby just made too much sense because yeah. Darby Allen is not someone who needs a bunch of promos. It can just be CM Punk talking for these uh, next two weeks, whether he's on Dynamite or Rampage, to kind of build up the anticipation. And I feel like this is just the start of a longer angle between the two. Like I, I told Sat my my map for the AEW World Championship, and even he understood it more. He was like, "No, I like that." He was like, "He was like, I hope Tony listens to you." So <laughs> I, I think it's just perfect because you know Darby overcame his obstacle and his main rival in Cody Rhodes he needs a new one they need to establish that he had a great feud with Ethan Page but you know Ethan Page was his obstacle of it before his AEW career when he was in Evolve on the independent scene so that was kind of a callback type of feud in between what a bigger feud that he had with Cody Rhodes and now what I think is going to be an even bigger feud with CM Punk because I feel like Punk is going to use his star power to make Darby Allen a mainstay and a main eventer for years to come. So I can't wait to see it unfold. Yeah, I think that's the perfect pairing if you want to do that with Darby Allen. And of course, that has to be the goal. Um, and it just makes sense from a lot of different perspectives. But I like it that they've said straight out the gate, we're not going to go with the biggest match possible for CM Punk, but we're, you know, it's an intriguing one. It's a fresh one. And Darby Allen will lose precisely nothing losing nah. to CM Punk on his return match in Chicago. All he will do is gain, you know, um, so I, whoever's going to have criticism about that, you can just check check that out of the door now. I don't want to hear it. Um, you know, outside of Punk squashing him in like three seconds, it's going to be great. Exactly. Um, that's, so the, think, that's the only way you can ruin a return. Yeah, it is. Wink, that, wink. Yeah. Wonder, who wink, would do wink. that? Who, who would, would do, do something that? like that? Who would um, book a return and ruin it in 23 seconds? Yeah, I, I mean... <laughs> There's a couple of things I want to touch on CM Punk while we're here. Did anybody see the video of the production of the moment of CM Punk? I feel like this is yes. tied in nicely because we've just spoke about how different it could have been. So it's not like they had a lot of prep, right? It's not like they were like, we'll do this, we'll do this. And they have rehearsals and, you know, they might have only, I don't know how many times they ran through it on the day, but if they were still formulating exactly how it was going to be on the day, presumably they didn't have a bunch of time to figure it out. And again, from my 
very small experience in NXT UK. I know that's precisely what they do in the rehearsals. Like the, we before we did the scene I was in, the two we did like a rehearsal. We did uh, we did like a walkthrough, then a rehearsal, then you did it. And the whole point of the first two, it's not really that you get your lines out and stuff. They don't really don't really check in on that. They're yeah. saying, okay, we need a camera here. What does it look like from there? You know, like oh, and then we'll, we'll make sure that we catch this shot. And that's all you can hear, like Shawn Michaels and Jim Smallman. Like that's all they were really talking about. They don't really give a crap what I said. Um, so it's all of those things. It makes it even more fascinating to me that when I'm watching this this production company and the guy who was calling it, I can't remember his name, but I know he's done plenty of WrestleManias and he's been in the business a long time. That man was just on, right? He's just like bang here, bang here, bang here, and these other guys just going, yeah, 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 yeah. And it wasn't too much, right? Yeah, it wasn't like WWE where it's like ah, like you know, the bamboozlement of it all. Um, I thought the production was great. They let it um, breathe enough, you know. We all learned that CM Punk was camera ten, whatever that was. But um, camera, you know, 10, camera ten, camera ten, camera ten, camera ten, six <laughs> and ten. Seven and ten, like, ten yeah. coming back to punk, right? But um, but that was it. They gave just the right amount of focus, and you captured the ambience and the, the atmosphere. Thought it was very good. The other thing, did you see a a photo that I just posted on Twitter that actually comes from uh, Coach Duke Ralphus or Ralphus? I'm not actually sure how to pronounce it, um, but I think that's how you pronounce it. Who did work with punk during his MMA career? And CM Punk's there training with Zelina Vega and yes. Malachi Black. Uh, very interesting. Everybody straight away is like, oh, wow. You know, Punk and, and Black getting in. Of course, there is the kickboxer MMA um, relatability there. But yeah. I don't know how much they were friends prior to this AEW arrival. You know, I, I don't know where they would have met. Not saying they didn't. But it's very cool, right? You know, he's making, yes. he's making friends, SP3, already. Yeah, we should also know from uh, Fightful Select, uh, they were told that CM Punk was very smiling, happy, and easy to talk to and get along with everyone uh, backstage before his debut, as one would expect uh, based on that promo. And he wasn't hidden backstage. He socialized, took pictures with the roster. And even before, that was even before the debut. And then after the debut, he actually went out and like with the other people, with the other people in the back afterwards. So this is a much different, CM Punk than what we always heard about his backstage environment in WWE and it really relates back to what he said in his promo that you know uh, AEW is not like a house or a new place he's working it feels like home it really in a lot of ways you could tell from the smile the the tears in his eyes he was not only it was about you know the fans giving him that reception I think it was more about the people in the back giving making him feel comfortable and making him feel like he was in a place that he remembered like ring of honor yeah i mean i think that's um that's the thing with cm Punk. i mean he said as much in the post-show interview as well that you know he yeah. oh, I wasn't hidden and um it wasn't like a big cloak and dagger thing it was just a you know a team putting something cool yeah. together so i think um you know i've waxed lyrical many times about aw and the way they handled their business but i do just think eventually we're all going to cotton on to the fact that the way WWE, their infrastructure is another discussion, which I think is really saturated and needless and all these hoops you have to jump through and then Vincent Mann does whatever he wants to do. Like I've said what I think about that a few times, but like just the environment and outside of if you are, you know, I don't know, a top, top guy, it doesn't seem like a very healthy place to be at all. Um, and again, it's, it's hard for me to judge 
this far outside of it. But at the same time, you know, I think the talent are speaking by saying, no, I'm going to go over here and, and you look at all these people that I thought should have thrived in WWE. Amiro, Alistair Black. Like, these are guys that should not have had to be let go. And let here we are. So it's very interesting. Very interesting, those developments. While we're here, guys, before we get into the other topics, subscribe, thumbs up. That's my best Triple H. Give it to us. Uh, Join the Wrestling Daily family. Become a good egg like Chris Petrou, like Lizzie Stallion, like Breeze Joshi, like all of these good eggs that are in the chat right now. And and we've been on a streak this week. Monday, we had a new member. Tuesday, we had a new member. Let's hatch a new egg today, ladies and gentlemen. If you're furious that, like, you know, I'm looking at Uptown every now and I'm like, he's one of our most loyal guys. Come on, Uptown. Come on. What's going on? Dion Chua, man. These are guys that are here every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. And come on, man. Um, we, you okay. know, you know, if we get enough members, we could start doing stuff like me and me and Alex could do like, you know, a singing, a singing, maybe just like 15 minute video with us singing the greatest theme song hits. And it would just be oh. for members, but oh, we need God. a certain amount of members to get there. I might've, I might've write a check that we have to yes. cash, but <laughs> you never know. We need new eggs to hatch. We need more members. And of yeah, course, yeah. Like, like you like you always say, we want to hear your hot takes. We want to hear your opinion on CM Punk's debut on our debate kind of ties into what uh, CM Punk. We're going to be talking about the greatest wrestling returns of all time. So we want to know your take, what you think about the debate we're talking about today. WrestleTalk.com forward slash wrestling daily. Let's hear it from all of you guys. Uh, Uptown Avondale, I appreciate that, my brother. Well, I'm only joking. I'm just, I was just giving you the shout out because I appreciate you. I understand you're moving. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, you sound like you're trying to set up an OnlyFans for, for the Daily Boys, basically, like a, like a poor man's version. Um, you know, they're expecting to see, I don't know, pecs, pecs and traps. And they're going to get, oh, my body. <laughs> my body is telling me, yeah, yeah. That's, that's like the one song that we've got nailed on for wrestling. We we need to sit there and and, and conjure up many, many more. Yeah, yeah and I, I, I will listen <laughs> to the Adam, Cole, the Adam Cole, the Adam Cole, ROH Steve song, and I will finish it for you. I gave you just a uh, snippet like yesterday. Yeah, I got something for you. I don't love ask that. that. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. Uh it's Lizzie Stallion says, I just want a full 1990s R&B video of SP3 and Alex. You don't know how, listen, you think my 98 to 2004 wrestling knowledge is incredible. My R&B early 90s knowledge is sensational. I'm telling you. Um, my Spotify is a wondrous, seductive place. We're, we're going to hit on with the, I get so weak in the knees, I can hardly Mate, speak. SWV, don't, don't, do not try me on them. Right. I've said this many, many times. I'm so into you. The bridge in that is an all-time goat bridge. You can't come at me with anything else than that. You are so fine. So fine. It's so good. You need to get on that. Everyone's thinking, who? The, what are these goddamn artists they're talking about? Don't worry. Don't worry. Rodriguez says, I want to hear Easy Lover cover. Phil Collins, get him in. We're turned uh, up and McCarthy. Get him in. <laughs> Mate, uh, I don't want us to become. That's a great. That was a great (laughs) (laughs) It's becoming a a bow.
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Let's get into a little bit of NXT news, shall we not? Um, But before we do that, I do want to say something that is kind of adjacent, not really connected, but adjacent to uh, CM Punk. Britt Baker had some comments today. Um, Mm -hmm. It was actually about three days ago she had them. But she was talking about the possibility that she would love to see AJ Lee in AEW. Now, we'd all love to see AJ Lee wrestle again. That goes without saying. But she said, I think for the fans to see both of them Punk and Lee, in Wrestling Ring again in 2021, which is not in WWE, that alone would be evolutionary. So for that moment alone, I would love to see her in AEW and I would love to see her in a ring with me. Then the plot thickens. I was a big AJ Lee fan. One of the first moves I asked my trainer to teach me when I was training was her finisher, the Black Widow, which is a super cool submission, by the way. Yes. Um, so that would be really cool. Speaking of her, I would love to see a mixed tag team match involving her, Punk, me, and somebody else. Hmm. It's like, she's got something for you. <laughs> she's got something for you. <laughs> well, it's funny because in the actual interview, she says something to the effect of, oh, we, we need to get, I think, I can't remember what the exact verbiage is, but basically, like, we need to get Sunday out of the way, you know. Um, so she's obviously heavily suggesting Adam Cole. Um, I mean, that. I know that you know you could just say oh trolling or yeah. I still think I do think he's AW bound. I do personally. I th- I think so, and I think uh, yeah. This is this is crazy times. Like I I don't I don't understand the people that's like oh he should go to WWE and it doesn't negate it doesn't say that him going to AEW is going to mean he doesn't go to the WWE main roster just because someone goes to AEW it doesn't mean they entered a vortex that WWE will never get him again. Like if he uh... if he goes to AEW and he's a star there, I think that's the only way for him to. Be feel somewhat guaranteed that he'll gonna stay at at least the same star value that he is right now, where he can go to AEW, have a good run there. Three years from now, he's only thirty five years old. That's some of the yeah. youngest guys on the main roster. Like he mm. can go, he can go to WWE main roster then, and it's gonna be something like a AJ Styles that had success outside of WWE, then came in and he was positioned right at the top. I think that yeah. people people get so close minded, like, oh no, he needs to do it now. He needs to do it now. It, it's not. I don't think that it's if he doesn't go to the main roster right now means he's never gonna go. Yeah. Um. 
everything's on the table, all options. Uh, Hector Rodriguez says, uh, how was that NXT adjacent? I meant before we get to NXT adjacent to CM Punk news. Did I not? I might not have articulated that properly. I thought I did, but who knows? Maybe I didn't. Um, I'll go back and watch this later and no doubt curse myself. <laughs> but there you go, Hector. I meant because, of course, the AJ Lee link. Come on, man. Come yes. On. Um, right. NXT. I did um, watch this show this morning. I understand it's, you know, they've taped X amount in advance. And yes. then after that, we're going to get this new phase of NXT, I'm hearing. Um, so, the, I mean, what, what we've learned thus far is the champ, you know, Samoa Joe has come out and in typical NXT fashion, multiple people come out and say, hey, could I, could I get a title shot? That included Pete Dunne, um, LA Knight coming off a loss for some reason, thinks, hey, I deserve a title shot. Um, cool Kyle, I don't dig Cool Kyle. Uh, it's a I, lame. I, I don't They've get tried it. way too hard to give him a character. Like, he's just great. Come on, man. Just, you know. Boom. And I like I like most of his promo too. Him calling him uh, Law La Knight and Samoa Joseph. <laughs> I love the Peter. I've always loved Peter Doom, but yeah, Peter I, Doom. I like I liked I liked his uh, his variations. It's kind of like Chris Jericho with uh, Chris Benoit and yeah. <laughs> and Kurt Angel. All those Kurt things. Angel. Yeah, it reminds me of Jericho a lot. Yeah, I like that. Booty Two K says, "My boys, Alex and SP Three, how are you both doing? I'm great, Booty Two K." Um. Great time to be a wrestling fan. I feel like a teenager again. And that's that's exactly it, right? Like the excitement of everything that's following us around at the moment. And I must say, um, I read that comment because Samoa Joe's return really did do that for me. Interestingly enough, a lot of people feel like uh, Volta is going to be the one who's really stateside following this victory. And of course, it makes sense that Ilya will be back in the UK. But yeah. Ilya is going to be on NXT next week, we've learned. Um and obviously they've taped a bunch of shows. So presumably he could, you know, do some stuff before he's back doing the tapings. I understand before SummerSlam weekend, like the week before NXT UK finished another batch of tapings. Mm. But I think they are cool till about, about six weeks ahead. I think their tapings work, something like that. Okay. Um, so yeah, they, they've, they've got time on their side. But, and they're uh, still, they're still doing an empty arena. So they don't get the spoilers. Like, the proper NXT is going to get and they, they had they've had to kick people out from uh, uh wrestling observer the dirt sheet writers got kicked out of uh the NXT tapings for post- posting uh spoilers meow i am um, yeah I, I, as far as i'm aware and i'm happy to be called out if this doesn't come to pass but i was told a couple of weeks ago that the, the next tapings right so when this uh 6 weeks is up or whatever and I don't know if it's going to be live or taped, but NXT are going to have fans back at BT, you know, maybe like mm. 100, 200, kind of like the intimate full sale environment. Okay. Um, so BT Sports Studios have hosted that with boxing before, um, you know, Frank Warren cards and stuff like that. So uh, there is previous there for the studios. And, and I, obviously I've been there. I've seen it. There is definitely room to have people in there and watch it. Um, so that was the plan last time I was told. I don't know what it's going to be like moving forward, but I feel like they're going to use the BT Sports Studios almost like the full sale base that NXT wants to use, and then they'll do takeovers around the country. Okay. So that was the last I heard. I feel like I get it out there because I also said on this show a few weeks ago, Becky Lynch will be back on SmackDown, and um, that kind of has 
been swept under the rug. <laughs> um, no, I joke. I, I, I mean, if I was really confident, I would have wrote it, right? But like, exactly. Um, I, I think uh, it's one of them where, because plans are so fluid, as we saw with this, you know, it wasn't really meant to happen until like, what, a day or two before. So yeah. who knows what the actual plans would have been. I don't know. You know, they said they were going to break the glass. No, they didn't, actually. That was a complete fabrication. Did you see the the fake Bruce Pritchard? Um, oh, my God. Yes, yes. That started going around. I was like, oh, my God. Is that just like some Naomi stands or what happened there? I don't know. I don't know. But it really had people like really believing like that WWE would have any plans for Naomi. I think history has told us they don't do that. Like, I love Nisa Naomi. I always want more for Naomi, yeah. especially with everything that she's been through, you know, personal life and on screen. But it, I just don't believe that WWE has like the big sees Naomi the same way we do, even though we gave her a huge reaction at money in the bank in Fort Worth, Texas. It, she hasn't been on TV since it's just, it's just, that's how it is. <laughs> that's how it is. Um, yeah. It's interesting, man. It is. Um, let's keep it moving with NXT. Um, so it's like a fully fledged stable now. The English boys and only Lorcan. <laughs> you know, back to the back to the whole you know, Casey in the Sunshine. It's it's the English lads and only Lorcan. Uh, obviously we've got Ridge Holland, Danny Birch back from injury, Peter Dune is the main man, and then we've got only Lorcan. Uh interesting. You know, Ridge um and Champa, of course, seem like they're gonna be heading uh to a battle. What did we we had Thatcher and Holland open up the show? Um, you know, Thatcher's one of them guys as well that I'm like, ah, oh, he could be doing more. But yeah. um, it seems like Birch and Lorcan are trying to say, we never lost the title, so we want to come back and get the titles. So presumably they pair off of MSK. Is Champer and Holland? I don't think it's an end game, but it's probably an immediate one. Uh, well, they're versing next week, so I don't know how that's going to transpire. But I kind of felt like between the the opening angle with the post-match with them taking out Timothy Thatcher and the announce team saying that, you know, Timothy Thatcher is going to be out for a couple of weeks. And then what, what happened with uh, Pete Dunne and, you know, everything with Samoa Joe, I felt like they were... So, you know, subtly setting up a war games, it felt like with Dunn, uh, Holland, Birch, and Morgan versus uh, Thatcher making his comeback, Champa, Joe. Doesn't feel that long ago we had a war games, but it happens, it's like Hell in a Cell, it's like Money in the Bank, it happens once a year, it happens usually either Survivor Series weekend or a little bit after that, and it seemed like they were setting it up. We should also know, uh, from uh, Fightful Select, they reported today that, um, uh, Pete Dunn was in a very similar position, like uh, you know, we've talked about before with Adam Cole uh, during uh, SummerSlam weekend in Las Vegas. Fightful was informed that WWE has indeed offered Pete Dunn a contract extension recently. The length of the offered extension has not been uh, confirmed or verified uh, based on who, who the, uh, Fightful spoke to, but the offer was confirmed by an anonymous WWE rep. So it seems like they have plans for him in the future. I know PW Insider also reported that he's going to be positioned as like the number two heel on NXT behind Johnny Gargano and then after Pete Dunne would be Roderick Strong but in my eyes I think Pete Dunne is the number one heel because Johnny Gargano is 
too funny He's to too be the, the top heel. Like, I'm like, even the scene with, with, with William Regal, I'm like, I'm on Johnny's side. There shouldn't be a wedding. He won a love her or lose her match. You got people, you got people on the internet saying, oh, you know, you can't have a woman be up for grabs in a stipulation of a match. That's so, that's so anti-progressive. I was like, she's the one that made the stipulation. Mm. Like, it doesn't make any sense. He has solid grounds. He should sue. NXT for, for, <laughs> for having this wedding, but I'm looking forward to the wedding and I like the whole dynamic with the index. I wish that we would have saw them, you know, riding bikes together and you know, walks <laughs> in the park, all the stuff that Indy said they did. I wish we had vignettes on that though. Yeah, take him to IKEA and shit. That's what I want to see. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, like Gargano to me is what is way too entertaining. Like, I was cracking up at the whole like I knocked on the door, he didn't knock on the door, like, and he's just going mad at LA night. Like, and just, I mean, Regal and Gargano have always had great chemistry anyway. Yes. But, um, yeah, I, now I see Pete Dunne as like the next guy. The only thing I'm worried about is that, like, is Joe going to drop the title so quick? Ah, I, that's I don't what know. I, that's why I want a longer feud. Like, I wouldn't mind um, doing maybe Joe versus O'Reilly because I feel like O'Reilly got that, you know, that that cementing victory over Adam Cole. So yeah. if it's like the next takeover, if they have a takeover between now and war games, they can do uh Kyle O'Reilly versus Samoa Joe there. Then they could do the war games and then we could do Joe and Dunn maybe the beginning of 2022. And that's a good time. It feels like Samoa Joe actually had a reign. Cause even when you look at his two, his two other reigns, they were really short. Like he won the title in April of 2016 and then he lost it SummerSlam weekend. So, he only held the title maybe three, four months the first time. Then the second time, he only held it for a week because they went to Japan and he had to drop it right back to Nakamura. So hopefully this one, they give him a little bit of a longer run because he's uh, he's supposedly going to stay with NXT after he loses the title even. So I would like to see you know them leave some stuff on the table and really establish him with this title ring. I feel like Pete's the next one. Like, yeah. I, like if, if I had to pick who, who is there, who is the next guy, I do think it is Pete. Um, you know, people will call me national bias. But um, I, I do think it is him, and I would like to see it. Man, I just I, – I, I, the fact that he was the first guy to come and kind of call out, I just thought, ah, don't get there too soon, Pete. Um, too soon. But that's the other thing. Like you said, we don't know how it's all going to play out with him in the contract. I would be very surprised if he left, but at the same time, who knows in this in this crazy landscape? Like literally anything could happen. So I'm not going to count my chickens on that one. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. I, I think NXT they do have a, a dearth of talent to to utilize, and they tried to do some fresh stuff this week, which I was cool with. But yeah, um, you know they did the uh, Cameron Grimes stuff with the Million Dollar Man. That story's continuing. SP3. Um, you know it, it's kind of it feels like to me that they've achieved the goal that was set out to get him over and it really has got Grimes over, but what now? I feel like they put a bow though on the whole this chapter of it because we had yeah. the blow off with LA Knight at Takeover and now that LA Knight is trying to focus on the NXT Championship, it looks like they're not going to go back to that. 
thank you NXT because I get you mm-hmm. too used to that on Monday Night Raw of them going back to stuff. Um, and it seemed like they put a bow on the whole him and Cameron Grimes and Ted DiBiase because I didn't think it made too much sense for Cameron Grimes to fight and fight for the million dollar title and then just decide to give it to uh, Ted B- Ted DiBiase. But if the payoff was him getting a replica title and that's the end of the DiBiase and Cameron Grimes story because the way he said that damn Ted DiBiase was a little bit different. It was more yeah. like, oh, he got me one last time before he left. So I feel like they put the bow on that and maybe Cameron can move on to something new. Maybe the Cruiserweight Championship, maybe the North American Championship, maybe the NXT Championship. Who knows? Maybe LA Knight, you know, teasing that he's going after the title is maybe a prelude to Cameron focusing on that title as well. Who knows? I think he needs to go after gold. Like, you, you need to capitalize on the momentum that they've got. Um, and there's no doubt they did grab some. Speaking of which, Wrestling Daily, we've got a turn of momentum over here, guys. So please do give us a thumbs up. Helps with the video. You know, the algorithms algorithms and stuff. Help us. Um, and also, subscribe while you're here. We've been surging the past couple of weeks on our, on our road to 12.5K which yes. is cool. So help us guys. By the time we get to 15 and it's war games, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so yes, please do subscribe and do give us that precious thumbs up and you can do the ultra chats, right? SP3, I believe yes. you are the commander of ultra chats today, guys, wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestling daily bottom left hand corner. You see it. You write in whatever you want. Give us a hot take of everything that's going on. There's a, God knows there's a lot to talk about. So do that. Get it into there. And the mod mother herself, the Lord Almighty of all things here at Wrestling Daily, will get it up on screen. So please do. Uh, let's keep it moving with NXT. We've got the yep. tag action, Legado del Fantasma. And, of course, um, Swerve Scott and his troops were in the house, Hit Row. To me... Hit Row not winning just means it's going to carry on, <laughs> I guess. Yes. Uh, that's how it feels, you know, and the finish was kind of a cheaty one. So what do you think? I think they added a new wrinkle into this by putting Electra Lopez uh, with Legato Del Fantasma. And I thought that, you know, she did well. I think the last time I saw her was against... Um, Frankie Monet and she kind of stood out in that in that appearance so I, I like the fact that they're using her in this light it always is good to kind of broaden what what you can do we can get like a four person uh, tag team matchup now but I think eventually the legato and hit row storyline and feud needs to blow off at a takeover with Santos versus Swerve we saw them yeah. last year at takeover tear it up for the cruiserweight championship and I want to see that again for the North American title yeah, I think that's the logical destination for this story. Uh, speaking of tag team action, Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter are in action, taking on uh, Gigi Dolan and was it you, Jason. Do, wait, wait, wait! You said Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. You mean the TikTok tag team? Yeah. How could I have not given them their their true name? Um, no, I. <laughs> um, it was. I thought it was very. Uh, first of all, I didn't finish the other name, actually. Was it JC? JC Jane. JC Jane, yeah. I always found that so... JC Jane, say it fast, it's hard. Um, What did you make of this kind of show-out for the competitors? Because I still feel like Casey and Caden are kind of establishing themselves in a weird way, but um, there was no doubt that the purpose here, I guess, was to showcase the other women as well. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I like with uh, Casey and Kaden getting the victory, but my God, I know we've said it before, but this NXT Women's Tag Team Division is bare bones. <laughs> like the, the, the main roster Women's Tag Team Division ain't much better. But I would say at this point, uh, I, I said it when they first uh, did the title change, I think with uh, EO and Zoe winning the titles because of how many times they changed these titles in a matter of months. The 24-7 title has more contenders for it than either the main <laughs> roster or NXT Women's Tag Team title. It's like, it's ridiculous. But I like the little story that's forming with uh, Gigi, uh, JC, and uh, Mandy yeah. Rhodes. I like, you know, it seems kind of similar to what we've seen with the Robert Stone brand, but I feel like Mandy Rhodes will bring something uh, different to it. So I like what they're doing there. Yeah, um... I need, I need more from Mandy Rose, if I'm honest. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I, I read something the other day, and it was like, you look at um, Mandy Rose, and she's basically everything that Vincent Mann would drool over, like historically speaking. Yes. And that's not to discredit her, because I feel like she made great strides in 2020, right? The story in the lead-up uh, lead to Mania and the subsequent feud with Sonya. And then what? Like, how is she where she is now? I don't understand. Like, I, I, she should have took another step after that feud. Um, it's just, a, it's a bit of a shame, man. Like, you know, it just shows you, like, you look at, you look at her and even, like, I don't know, carrying cross to a degree. Um, but there's been other big guys to go to the main roster that haven't really hit. Just shows you that Vince McMahon's tr traditional tastes aren't a guarantee that you're going to thrive in the company. Elsewhere on NXT, Kaylee Ray um, made her present felt, kind of. <laughs> she had a little vignette and um, they, she had a squash victory. I think it was just good just being like, she's here presenting her. They talked about her long title reign. They had Raquel do an interview talking about her. And I like the fact that this is something, you know different for Raquel because a lot of people thought the culmination of her whole title reign would be against uh, Dakota Kai and then when she immediately beats Dakota Kai you're wondering oh what's next what's she gonna do because Dakota Kai looks like she's heading to the main roster but I feel like they did a good job by immediately bringing Kaylee Ray out it gives her a new focus a new rivalry and in my eyes I feel like Kaylee Ray should be the person to beat Raquel yeah. Gonzalez it feels yeah. like that even though I'm kind of skeptical if she can hit the gory bomb on her that, that's a tall that's a tall <laughs> glass of milk to uh do that uh that gory bomb to and i saw it in the live chat and i wanted to confirm it on twitter but uh pat mcafee just announced that he got covid oh yes oh, wow. he was fully vaccinated uh and was still very positive he says he says uh indefinitely he said he said yeah that's that's his words not mine he says it's miserable but thankful thankful that my wife and the boys at the office all took tests and they are all negative this is obviously a sign from the universe probably telling me that i stink and to stay home for a while i'll see you so i don't know if this means that he's going to be off of smackdown this week which would be 
Besides Roman Reigns not being on the show, that's the biggest loss possible SmackDown could have because he is him and Roman Reigns are the most entertaining things about Friday nights. But energy brings man, it's great. Hoping the best for him, you know. I I've, I know people personally who has been fully vaccinated and still got uh, the the virus. So it's something serious and something that we all have to, you know, take precautions for. You know, even though we're all, it seems like we're all back to normal with fans in attendance. You got to take your safety precautions. I know me when I go to Arthur Ashe Stadium, I'm wearing my mask. My wife is telling me she might tell me to go stay at my my other apartment for uh, two weeks <laughs> to, to protect my kids. But that's what I'm willing to do. You know, I do want to have fun and get how, back how, tomorrow how but you gotta you've, be got, too. You've, you've got spare apartments what's well, going on I, I used to have my own apartment now i got an apartment with me and the me and the kids but i still have that one because i had roommates but it's under my name ah right so you could just trespass one day and be like hey i'm the landlord let me back in <laughs> all right all right, I, I see what you're saying. What do you do like property moguls um yeah i, I think uh obviously all the best to Pat, first of all. But, you know, with the vaccinations, well, I mean, I'm fully vaxxed too. But um, hopefully it just means that the experience doesn't suck as much for him, yeah. I guess. I mean, when I had it, I wasn't vaxxed at all. I had it like in January and it was shit, proper shit. I, I One of the most illest, I could, you know, grammar's terrible here, but one of the worst times I've been sick, I think. Um, and it just went on and on. So all the best to Pat. Hopefully it's not a bad yeah. one. Hopefully it's not a bad one. Like I said, the energy he brings to SmackDown is is really great. A uh, couple of closing thoughts on NXT before we finish on the debate. Um, Zion Quinn beat Boa, you know, T and Shara in the mud. Because <laughs> they haven't even addressed where Zia Lee is. No. I'm guessing Zia Lee is going to go to the main roster too because she's been having dark matches like Dakota Kai. But are you really telling me we wasted all these months with these T.N. Shaw skits with oh. the, everybody was like, Oh my God, the T.N. Shaw. And yes, it looked great. It was great production. They were good. They were but good my, my always apprehension was it was what's the follow-up? How are they going to pay this off? Are they ever going to reveal who Mei Ying is? We are allowed like what? Four or five months into this thing. And they still haven't done Jack. <laughs> Not I'm not going to get the square jar, but yes, they haven't done anything, nothing at all with this whole angle. It's ridiculous. And now Zia Lee is, seems like they didn't even address where she was and Boa's there and Boa just got jobbed out. The dude, the Zion quit, hit one move on him, one move, and it was over. Wasn't good. Um, one thing to finish on here is Carmelo Hayes is the winner of the NXT breakout tournament. Now, what I will say here, and um, people will know this on Twitter, I said weeks ago, I thought the final should have been Odyssey Jones and Carmelo Hayes, um, purely on an upside basis. Those two yeah. to me, I think Duke Hudson as well, but those are like the three most obvious ready-made almost stars to, me, yeah. in, to, my, to my mind. I mean, everyone in the tournament is talented, obviously. Um, but... Carmelo Hayes, you know, the moment he had with Adam Cole and the, the kind of slap and just the work that he's done since then. I mean, I thought him and Jones did good. Um, Jones is going to be fine. He's going to have a very, very good time in WWE, I think. He's everything they want. Big and charismatic. He's going to be fine. But I thought it was great for Carmelo Hayes. He could probably use it a bit more than Odyssey yeah. Jones in terms of, um, you know, credence to who he is and what he's doing. And I think he's got great charisma as well. Great look, great work. 
I don't think NXT could have lost here, but for what it's worth, I thought they made the right calls. I thought so too. I thought they would go with Odyssey Jones because of no more midgets and all that <laughs> stuff that yeah. we heard about them making changes. I saw, I was like, oh, it's got to be Odyssey Jones then. But I like the move with Carmelo Hayes. He's someone that I've seen over here on the East Coast on the independent scene. And he just has so much charisma. He just has he's a wide variety of uh, things that he can do in the ring. And he seems like he was the most polished out of everybody in the breakout tournament. So it only made sense for him to win. And it creates so many different options because, you know, him and Swerve would be an absolute banger. Him versus Kushida, we saw them before. They can have a great matchup. Uh, if Kushida loses to Roger Strong, him and Roger Strong could have a great matchup for the Cruiserweight Championship. Even um, Denise Salcedo, got to give her props. She came up with the with the suggestion that he recruits Odyssey Jones as his tag team partner and goes for the NXT Tag Team Championships. And I wouldn't mind that either. That'd be a good team. Yeah. That'd be a good team. Um, yeah, I think he's got a lot of upside. And uh, this sounds so strange. I liked him straight away just because I don't think I've ever seen a wrestler called Carmelo, right? Like, <laughs> and who doesn't love Carmelo Anthony? So, um, we do, we Laker fans over yeah, here. Yeah, we, we do now. <laughs> yeah. And I know I didn't like him for a while, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, uh, straight away, I just thought that's a cool, that's a cool name for a wrestler. I haven't seen that before. Yes. It's fresh. Uh, so yeah. Awesome. Let's uh, move it along. Uh, remember, guys, if you do want to get Ultra Chats in, just to close out the show, WrestleTalk.com yes. forward slash Wrestling Daily SB3. You let me know, brother, if anything comes you. through the pipeline. Um, and like and subscribe. As I always say, please help this channel grow. Your thumbs up and you're clicking on that subscribe button. They do help us greatly. So thank you very much. Uh, SB3, man, lead us in to the weekly debate. So voted on by all of you fine, fine people on the I... Wrestling Daily community tab. You voted on the greatest pro wrestling returns of all time. And, you know, funny enough, I did an article on this for Sports Heater Wrestling. The five reasons why a particular someone who just recently returned is the greatest of all time. But, yes. The, no, no. <laughs> close, close. Close. He was close. He was close. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. but yes. Um. I mean, there there was three that we could choose from from this weekend. You know, whether Brock Lesnar making his return since WrestleMania 36, almost 18 months ago. You got Becky Lynch, who uh, you know, uh, went off and had a baby in May of 2020, and then coming back now. But I mean, I think the goat. I think the go, and it might be recency bias, but yeah. screw that. Be damned. I don't care. It's just, just everything, how it went down. CM Punk, I feel, is the greatest pro wrestling uh, return of all time. I mean, to to kind of say some of the ones that I thought were also in the discussion, of course, Edge at uh, the Raw Rumble 2020 was amazing. Nine years away from the business. You were there live. You felt that pop. Yeah. It was amazing. Uh, the Hardys at WrestleMania 33, I was there. You were there. My my eardrums were ringing. It was ridiculous. People it was were turning around, like, hugging and crying. Like, seriously, it was yes. – the atmosphere was unbelievable as far as, like, wrestling things that I've seen. Like, people in the row in front of me were like, ah. I was just like, oh, shit, yeah. Like, it's just unbelievable. 
You got your personal favorite, The Rock, coming back from Hollywood in 2011. I thought that was that was a, a nice like surprise one because I didn't hear too much about it. That's when I was kind of still, you know, reading the dirt sheets, but I didn't yeah. hear too much about it. It was like a surprise. I remember at that time there was like the host of WrestleMania could be like Justin Bieber or some type of celebrity. And then it turns out that's the rock. And it was just a great surprise. I remember being in my apartment and me and my roommate just going out of our seats, like, holy shit. Oh, no, excuse yeah. me, see, square jar. Um, but yes, yeah. it was just great stuff. Um, those are all great moments, but I feel like CM Punk is different from all of those because you know, with the Hardys, it's them going from impact wrestling to the WWE, returning to the WWE for the first time. Uh, you know, Edge, Daniel Bryan, it was you know, being injured, getting their careers kind, kind of taken from them due to injury and then coming back. Um, you know. Bret Hart, he left to go to like WCW. Then he went through a lot of different things in his life, then came back to the WWE. But he's the only closest, you know, example to CM Punk where WWE kind of squeezed the love of professional <laughs> wrestling out of somebody. And yeah. they did that to CM Punk in a lot of ways to the point that he just left the business completely. He did UFC. He did, you know, wrote some comic books, did MMA commentary, but it just seemed like he would never come back and it was so long seven years and i just think that you know the time was right the the place was right in chicago illinois who he went who he went back to yes the company aew because they're so anti-establishment there's so much the alternative to wwe it just felt like it was right and then you talked about it earlier just the production side of it just i was just i was saying before we even saw the behind the scenes the presentation of it was pitch perfect having him having you know the crowd chant cm punk to open the show then the the calm before the storm their their chants went down then the music hits then he comes back comes on stage he takes in the moment on his knees he gets up he's fired up hugging people the stage dive into the crowd just how it was shot then him going you know hugging people at ringside he hugged um you know the sister that was in the cm punk documentary that you know the, one of the best documentaries wwe yeah, ever did. i just yeah. noticed that on like the third or fourth time i watched it I was like, oh, I remember her. That's the girl that was in the documentary. So he's hugging them at ringside. Then he gets on the ropes. And then they say, you know, they fade to black. They go to commercial. That, I, like I said before, that was perfect because that allowed people that didn't believe that we're still in our live chats for over a week, for over the, what, the month and a half we were teasing about it. They were saying, I won't believe it until I see it. It allowed people to turn the channel and be like, oh, CM Punk is actually there. CM Punk, it's mm -hmm. real. And then the promo, just heartfelt. Nothing was scripted. It just came from from the heart it felt like he was talking and doing a sincere apology to the fans without apologizing without saying the word sorry and then it went back into wrestling mode with you know him and darby allen the fact he chose darby allen a young guy to put him over because like you said before regardless of what happens between him and darby allen darby allen is getting put over by being in a match with cm punk regardless of the outcome darby allen star will get higher and that just says a lot for how cm punk treats the business so it just it just felt like someone who lost their love for professional wrestling got it back and it was such a great moment for professional wrestling fans and for me personally because i said it on twitter i'll say it here i was somebody in high school 16 years old when cm punk was tearing it up with samoa joe i was kind of deluded with wwe i was just like uh eddie just lost the title to like jbl and uh -huh. you know raw is still the triple a show i'm not really into 
WWE. I'm not into seeing Triple H's reign of terror continue for another five or six years. I need Mm. something new. And then I found CM Punk and Samoa Joe, and they revived my love for professional wrestling. So to see his love for professional wrestling be revived, the GOAT return of all time. Yeah. um, uh, This is more interesting when I counter. But um, again, I, I feel like it's tough to go against CM Punk for the reasons that you mentioned. I will say, like, WWE have had a lot of opportunities to hit it. I, I felt like, you know, there were a group of guys who went away and did stuff in, like, TNA and beyond, and the Hardy Boys fall into that category, and they came back, and it was, you know, magical. Everybody wanted the yeah. Hardy Boys at home. Everybody did. Um, and again, it kind of sucks how that played out because Jeff got injured, like, twice long-term pretty much in a row and they never got going what people hoped they would. Um, Kurt Angle's another one like that for years. We were like, Oh, you know, man, he could come back and there's people you can have bangers with. And by the time he got back, it just like, I mean, I was in the crowd. I love doing this when, um, when he was made DM at that roar after Mania. Was and, and, too, the pop, yeah. and the pop was great. Right. Yeah. But it's kind of like, you know, you know, not the same, is it? It wasn't like the triumphant return that a lot of us had hoped for. He'd obviously just been put into the Hall of Fame as well. Years, like even two years before that, Kurt Angle coming back to WWE would have been like massive business. People would have been lining up for the matches he could have had with some of the guys because he was still performing at a very high level in TNA. Yeah. Um, he, they, they, both sides, they just missed that window for what could have been re- like that would have been one of the all time returns because people would have been like, oh my God, Kurt Angle back in the main event picture in WWE. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, that that can't have its place. I do think Edge has every reason to be considered alongside CM Punk here. Every reason, right? Like CM Punk chose not to wrestle, lest we forget. I understand yeah. why, right? Um, and really, like, if it wasn't WWE at the time he left, who else? Impact, TNA, Ring of Honor. Really not viable for a star of CM Punk's, well, just a bit how big a star he is. Edge didn't get the choice, right? This is what makes Edge's story a lot more, in my opinion, there's different reasons why Edge and CM Punk would be more, heart, you know, different heartfelt and sensitivities. But to me, Edge is the more dramatic one because he was like, take another bump and you're paralyzed. Like you're done. Your career has been written. You don't get a say. CM Punk had a say. That's the difference. Um, Nine years as well compared to the seven, if you want to, you know, get particular. And I do think, despite Mike Johnson's best efforts, when I was in the arena, not many people were like the next one's edge, the next one's edge. Like it was the same as CM Punk. Like some people had an idea. Maybe. Obviously, I'd read all the stuff, but I still wasn't banking on it by any stretch of the imagination that he was going to turn up for the Rumble. I thought maybe he'll do something at Mania or maybe it won't happen at all. Then when you you know, you know think you know me drops, it was like, oh, like, it's actually Edge. And, and Edge is a huge star of his time. Now, I think it would be a very interesting debate to say who was the biggest star between him and CM Punk. That would be a very interesting topic to get into because you could argue, I mean, Edge had all the success in the world once he got to where WWE wanted him to get to. Was he... And he was a hot heel. Let me pre let me preface what I'm about to say. Was he as over as CM Punk at his pomp? 
I think that's a very, I think there's a discussion to be had that CM Punk was more over than Edge. Yeah. Um, Certainly as a baby face, but ah, I don't know. I don't, I don't like pitting them against each other, but if we're making the argument, I think you could say that. Um, So I think Edge's return in isolation, I would say it's better than CM Punk's. What makes CM Punk's better is the whole, um, layout of what happens the promo that he delivers um the way it was done where it was done i feel like that that like just tips over the edge for me but it's but honestly i and i'm not just saying this to, to be different edge is very close there are a lot of reasons i agree to say, to say that edge is very close to being one of the greatest ever um i also think brock lesnar's 2012 return is his best not the one that we just saw um that pop you can watch it to this day is incredible um, and again, he'd been away for 2004, what, eight, eight years at that point, right? Eight years, yeah. I think. He yeah, left off from 2004 to 20, yeah. 2012, the night after. Eight years, that's a long time. Again, he chose. Um, but he did a lot in that time away where his star power was as such when he came back. Everyone was like, oh, my God, it's Brock Lesnar. Like, and it was Cena and it was like, oh, my, oh my word. Like, it, it, was a, it was a huge, huge deal. Um, she's putting toys away. Um, <laughs> I would also say in the list is Triple H at MSG. Oh, yes. Because he, he, yeah. you know, he hadn't been away from the company per se. Ah, but man, that pop and just the way that people reacted to him. And you have to remember, this is a man who was like the most hated person in wrestling when he went away from like 2000, 2001, there was nobody who had more heat than triple H. He was like, he's one of the last heels I can ever remember that was legitimately hated. And and that's what I can say. I was there for that. And I, I oh, can tell you cool. as, as, as a kid, see, even my daughter was excited for that. But, <laughs> but uh, as a kid that hated triple H and I went there with my mom and I couldn't, I could, I got out my seat. I was doing the, I was like excited for him. And my mom knew I didn't like triple H. So she was like, you hate that guy. What, why are you doing? I was like, but he came back. Beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. <laughs> Yeah, it was mad, man. Like, I feel like that deserves a lot of respect. That deserves to be in the conversation. Um, as far as like coming back from an injury goes, I think that's pro- that probably is the goat. That one, um, the, the the beautiful day vignettes they did that was just ah, so good. Masterful, um, masterful they were, stuff. they really were. Um, yeah, there's a few others. You know, people say, "Oh, I've seen her at the Rumble." <laughs> I mean, it was good, but I don't know if I consider it an all-timer. Um, you know, and The Rock in, coming back after seven years as well, because he had been like so radio silent on wrestling, um, and like just hadn't been involved with WWE at all. When he came out, and then the promo that he gives again is really good, where he's like, "I had to keep my distance, like I had to," and but now I'm back. And he had some of the old Rock spiel that we all loved, and kind of mixed in with the big Hollywood star that is today. Um, so I think it, it has like remnants of CM Punk there, but I just feel like Punk's meant more because particularly because it's from WWE to AEW yeah. and all that carries from the birth of AEW, right? There, a lot of those same signals are present in why CM Punk had to leave WWE and why AEW is the place that he could be reborn. 
right? And a lot of fans are feeling that same feeling of why they're kind of departed from WWE and why AEW is actually the place that they can find themselves in wrestling again. And they can see that through the, you know, the human embodiment that is CM Punk. And he's had that journey where, you know, he says he didn't fall out of love of wrestling, but he couldn't do what he loved the most, right? Like it got to the point where, as he says, it was making him sick and he had to go through this whole odyssey to get back to where he is now. Like it's almost poetic. And I think a lot of fans can identify with him and obviously enjoy his talents and want to see them thrive again. Right. And, and there's nothing worse than that when they're put on the shelf and you want to see someone be able to do what they're best at. Uh, I, I guess the only way, the only one I could calibrate that maybe wasn't what it should have been was Daniel Bryan's return. Because when he went away, I was like, it's too soon. I was gutted. Like one of my favorite performers in the world, the way they brought him back. Like, I mean, he, he they, they basically announced it on Twitter. Right. They Daniel blew that in every way. Like he tried to like make up for the Twitter announcement with this promo. It was a great comeback promo. Sometimes you fight for your dreams and you you fight hard enough, you dreams can get it. You know, the, the build up to WrestleMania. I like the whole angle with you know Owens and Zayn beating them up to set up the tag team match. And then we get to the WrestleMania, and I was there live, and he's on the floor for 10 minutes, and they tease a stretcher job. And most of the match is about Shane McMahon getting his butt kicked by Zayn and Owens and then after that feuding with Big Cass and then the team hell no reunion you don't get to Miz until SummerSlam and then he loses to the Miz at SummerSlam and then the whole mixed tag with Miz and Maurice it was like they literally had to turn one of the greatest baby faces of all time to save his return to the ring no no, no, I have it's it's no coincidence that he's going to AEW. <laughs> yeah, I, I um imagine that. Thank god we got Brian back. Where's Big Cass? Where is he? Get him in here. Like, come on, man. Um it, I still I still can't I know it's like obvious maybe putting the title on Miz and then letting Brian finally do him, but like sometimes obvious is right, man. It is. Uh they tried too hard, I think, and it I know we got the planet's champion out of it, which was a great run, but um, man, that did not work for me. Daniel Bryan coming back. I wanted to see more than that. Um, right. Top three then. Let's just tie a bow on this, man. What's your top three? I'm going CM Punk, Edge, the Hardys. The Hardys because of that pop. I, I got to go with the Hardys. I got to go with the Hardys because of that pop. Okay. Um, Ah, oh, that's so tough because I was because I was at the Hardys and like I felt it. So exactly. um, to me, it's punk and like Edge is like there. It's t- it's tight for me. It's not as a clear runaway as it is for some others. And then I think Triple H. Honestly, I do. I, I um, really questioned whether I was going to pitch Triple H, but I was like, I was at both and. The Hardys, because it's sixty thousand, it just felt like yeah, it was yeah. uh, like a whole but, big but explosion around me. Oh, but being MSG as yeah. well, man. Like, and like I said, the whole from the hated to beloved, even though it wouldn't last. But like, ah, uh, I just, I'm just gonna say it to be different. I, I, I think in in that uh, in that realm, the third position I could have had the Hardys, Lesnar, 2012, or Triple H. Ah. Uh, 
anyway it's a great debate for you guys to join in and, and have your say are we right are we wrong you let us know sp3 before we wind down are there any ultra chats we do have an ultra chat from the zornice uh thank yes. you thank you for the ultra chat one of our elite good eggs saying have no hot take but caught something in the chat hector rodriguez is going to be a father congratulations Whoa. hector and ask for advice from the two of you maybe you can tell him how to make sure that the little one becomes a wrestling daily fan I mean, I'll say me personally, even even when I'm not on the screen, if I'm watching Wrestling Daily, she she loves her uncle Alex. She she my daughter and my son. My son will just watch anything I, I watch, so he's he's fine with anything. But my daughter is a little bit harder to please. Like she she loves her Frozen. She loves her cocoa melon. She loves her Peppa Pig, even though Peppa Pig's a jerk, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and she loves she's a real jerk. She, she loves her baby shark. But when wrestling daily's on, she kind of chills. She's she's all right with that. Even when it's when it's when it's Alex and Louie, when it's Alex and Steph, she likes wrestling daily. But Hector, you're an elite good egg, and I think you're gonna do great, brother. Congratulations. Congratulations, Hector Rodriguez. Um, I man, look, all I'll say is. Um, I mean, worry. I was about to say, don't worry. Do worry. But um, don't. I, I read like a few books before the baby came. But honestly, if you, as long as you are uh, prepared to work, man, you pick everything up so quick. Honestly, you do. It's the greatest thing that will ever happen to you. Honestly, uh, I say that with the fullest heart. So congratulations, Hector. Totally agree. Um, I'm sure they'll become the elitist of good eggs. We're gonna do, we're gonna do our own faction, wrestling daily dads. It's that's Listen, gonna be man, that's gonna be the we, next. We've got a crash going on here, uh, <laughs> wrestling daily. I, I, I've said I've said to the missus before. I'm gonna get the girls, you know, get them on the trampoline, bit of wrestling maybe, and uh, she hasn't come around to the idea yet. But let me tell you, the McCarthy girls. You talk about the Hardy Boys. The McCarthy girls is what's gonna happen. Um, you know, you, you've got you got twins, right? Yes, I do. There's a market for that. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna. My my daughters will sometimes sit down and when wrestling, she she's not really into it though too much. But when she is into it, it's usually when Sasha Banks or Bailey is on the screen. So Ooh. that's good things. That's good things. And she she's got she's got enough energy for it. She's she's running around here. My son's all chill, but she's the one running around in the background and screaming and stuff. So she's got the energy for it. And she takes bumps. I give her a power bomb a day, but you know, just to be you know on the bed, of course, of course, you know. <laughs> you know but yeah, she's ready. To, she's ready that she does the bump she puts her arms out and she tucks, knows how to take the up chin, you know? she tucks the chin um, puts her arms out <laughs> i uh, my oldest likes it right but um she's like more fascinated with the belts so she's she's like a glory hunter of course you know it's it's, it's, it's all or nothing for her um but and then like she would like try and play me but it's just hitting me it's like you know she's giving me live rounds basically and i'm like that's not that's not how this works um but anyway uh thank you very much to everyone that joined us tonight sorry for the, the delay at the beginning of the show, once again, I was having my technical issues, but so delighted that we could make it happen. I'll be back tomorrow with Steph Chase to talk all things AEW and some of the news. Of course, we always do. Your Ultra Chats will be welcome. If you are on this video right now, thumbs up, subscribe. I know I keep saying it, but it's very helpful to the Wrestling Daily community. So please be the good eggs that I know you are. Um, thank you so much for joining us, SB3, brother. Always a pleasure. Thank you for having me on True Heat last week, by the way. Thank you very much for the Check invite. it out. An, an all-timer with Teddy Bear McCarthy. An all-timer <laughs> episode of True Hill Heat. Check out True Hill Heat 139, our four-year anniversary. Alex, one of our favorites. Uh, what else you got going on this week, man, before we go? Tell the people. 
Uh, you can see me on Saturday back on True Hill Heat 140. Uh, it's me, Top Guy JJ, and our special guest of post-wrestling, Andrew Thompson, one of the oh, best interviewers, indeed. one of the best interviewers in wrestling. Uh, Andrew Thompson, I'm very excited to have him on. You can also see me on the Sports Heater Wrestling YouTube channel following AEW Rampage. We review SmackDown, AEW Rampage with myself, Rick Uccino, and the legend Dutch Mantel. So check that out. Let me tell you, I saw something the other day on Twitter from uh, Chris Hero talking about being interviewed by Andrew Thompson. Uh, uh, I thought it was awesome. I really yes. like it was just it yeah. was just uh, it was great that he it, like I've, I've had people as well like you know message me before and be like oh you know that was fun or whatever but the way he actually put over Andrew's interviewing style like you don't have to do that he went out of his way to really showcase and present how good he is um, and Andrew is extremely good so man I think that's great uh, I loved it that he did that if that doesn't yeah. encourage you guys to check out his work I don't know what. Uh, I encourage you to check us out tomorrow. And of course, I'll be back Friday as well. SB3 and myself next Wednesday, but SB3 will be in the house on Monday with Sat. You know what the rotation is here. Until then, thanks for watching. Take care. SB3, you need to close it, I think. <laughs> I can't even oh, take oh. us off air tonight. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>